0: Hi, uh, welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. This is Geology coming at you guys with uh, Mike the Baptist. J-Mo. Yo, what's good, guys? It's
1: been a minute since we recorded another episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I mean, today it's a very sensitive topic. We're going to talk about uh, what is the church. And um, uh, a few Sundays ago, I was congregating and a and, uh, statistic was brought up that the city that we live in uh i think it was 51 percent of all people that live in the city are unchurched and so the conversation ensued between the three of us was well what does that mean you know why is it um you know is that stat accurate what does that actually entail What does unchurched mean um you know so we felt that it was it was important to just kind of dive into uh, uh I mean, we don't know if this statistic is accurate, but what is the church? What should the church be, and uh, what should our response be to the church? And is is the church even important to the community in today's day and age? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we'll talk about. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on all you know different platforms. I mean, we're on Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook yeah you can email us if you have questions uh at proof proof beyond reason at gmail.com you can also send us a message on facebook we had a listener send in a message request for us to talk about music and that will actually be our next episode so we'll talk about music we'll dive into the particulars of that um so. also uh
0: gfax i'm gonna get on you guys um uh, shoot out an episode probably like once a week i'll try to do that uh it's getting to the busier seasons of the holidays, so time might be an issue, but I'll make sure that it's possible.
1: G-Facts. And if uh, if you're listening, this is episode 42. So a few episodes prior, if you listen back or you look at our archives, you'll see that uh, g has a Gfax episode on Flat Earth. So check that out. See what G has to say about Flat Earth, conspiracy, the whole deal. Just love it. Uh, so, G will start putting more material out there. Um, so, let's dive into it, fellas. The church, what is the church? Uh, so, what do you guys think? What, what, uh, what, do, what is your understanding of what the church is?
2: Um, well, my understanding of what the church is, is uh, like a body of believers or a body of people that um, meet regularly to um, congregate and uh, hear the word of God. So just a group of people that kind of meet regularly. Um, and then I think we had a discussion prior or before, but um, what differentiates me having a, um, a relationship with like one of my uncles who's also uh, a believer, but also in a different state? Like, would I be in the same church mm. as him? And um, the reality is we're, we're part of the same family, uh, church family. Um, collective church if you put it like as a whole like universal, universal church universal yeah. church right. um but we're not part of what the church is and we can see countless examples of um John you know the disciple John in the book of revelation writing churches it's writing to into, i think I believe seven churches that he's writing letters to in, in the book of revelations like um or like not letters but within that letter sure. he's writing like you know um charges to these seven churches right so you see that um not all of them were the same because each each church had something that he was talking about mm. and so we can see kind of different things of you know the necessity of what the church brings um you know in, in the, just the example of What John, he was actually rebuking a lot of these churches because they weren't um, doing certain things, but every church was doing something different. So it's kind of like the collective unit that you go to, uh, whether it be Saturday, Sunday, meet on Wednesday, youth group or whatever. uh, That is what we when we're talking about the church, we're talking about a gathering of people uh, that are in one mind, one accord. Yeah, God.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I guess to put in more the technical terms, you have the universal church, which would encompass all believers of Christ uh, throughout all of the world. And then you have your local church, which is the uh, contextualized body of Christ based on where you live. So the reason why there were so many differences in what was happening, there were different cultural influences within those different churches because they were located in different places. Um, And so, and those are specific cities that they were located in. So if we're talking Orlando and Miami and Tampa, those are, though all are in Florida, they are still very unique in what's happening to that particular city. So the people who are dwelling in that place are going to have different struggles. They're going to have different things that they're going through. So the local church is having, to battle with or compete with um just different variables so um so yeah so g i've always seen the church
0: um a lot of people like to see it as a place that they go to so um it can be a building it can be a certain location but i've always found that the church is the people itself the the believers in christ coming together the brothers and sisters coming as the body um I do remember specifically when I was uh, 6 years old they closed down the doors of the church I was going to and the pastor said this is not going to stop us so we had service in the parking lot and then we walked around three times around the block like to show like the strength of of the, the church and then within the week like the doors opened up again and then we got to have service but that just showed me it's it's the people and yet we have this mis- miscommunication in the sense that people understand it as just the building so they'll have it that i'll go to church every sunday or i'll go to a certain location every sunday and yet they'll just pertain to a a location but not pertain necessarily to the actual body
1: right and 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 that's really what i see in the culture is is that that term go to church meaning I'm going to this place where other people who are believers were coming together to unite but we're going to a specific area and 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 even more specifically here in the US it's based on the brand so the branding has been a big big factor in what churches are how how the health of a church is is based on the brand that has been established so you have uh, you know, many, many in many ways, you have people that either cling to a brand's reputation. So the things that they provide, like childcare and youth groups, mm-hmm. and they serve in the community, and, and 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 in many and in some instances, it is less about what they believe. Um, and then, uh, but then you also have others that cling to a church community based on the leader themselves. Mm-hmm. And the leader can even mistakenly be elevated to a place where they they shouldn't be elevated to. Um, You know, a pastor or elders are responsible for uh, teaching the word and protecting the congregation against false teaching. But in some cases... These leaders are being lifted up by the congregation, not necessarily by the leader themselves, but by the congregation. They're being lifted up to this exalted place uh, to be almost superheroes. And and that's dangerous because these are men uh, or leaders that are that are human. They're weak. They're 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 sinners that have been saved by grace alone and so when they make a mistake when they have a falling out when they uh have a lapse of judgment which happens to everyone then it seems the church falls because it's 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 so leaning on this individual or so leaning on this brand that the people are not united under christ himself and that can be very dangerous and and so in in the culture that we live in here in the u.s that that's something that's very common and um and you have this notion that you know we we meet on sunday uh we meet on wednesdays we meet on like what day is it like is it is it even is it even relevant as to what day we meet as long as we're meeting together i mean i don't know what do you guys think
2: i mean uh in the bible you know one of the Ten Commandments, um, keep the Sabbath day holy. So there's there's people out there that you know the you it's up for debate what day is the right. Sabbath. Right, is it but, Saturday or is it the Lord's Day Sunday? I feel like every day like there's this there's this thing um, I say scene and like it's a movie, but um, there's this scene in the Bible where Jesus is uh, heals a person on the Sabbath, and that for those that don't know. Uh, the Sabbath was a day where you were supposed to be at rest. But, like, when I say rest, I mean you don't do nothing. Like, it was... Yeah, like extreme. Extreme, like, to the point is, like, if there's a button or if that is, like, I'm not moving. Like, yeah. I'm so minimal. You know, that <laughs> sounds so extreme. But but the Sabbath was a day of yeah. really complete rest. Complete rest. Um, So the Pharisees at the time had a big problem with that, mm. you know, um, Jesus healing. And Jesus did that to really illustrate, he's like... If a person's sick, like, what mat- What day? What does the day matter? Was the Sabbath matter, You know, so he's I've- like,
1: I am the Sabbath. What?
2: Yeah. So it's kind of like Jesus elevated everything. So, meaning that at the time people would meet regularly in the temple, right, to offer sacrifices. They're talking about like the Jewish people at that time. When Jesus died, the veil tore from the holy of holies, the the temple. I'm talking about the temple. So there is no more temple. Jesus elevates it and says, you are the temple. So literally, our bodies right now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's elevated. You know, the Sabbath, uh, I should treat every single day as they were holy. So it's, it's uh, not just one day. Mm-hmm. It's every single day I'm consecrated towards God. Um, and
1: And that's good because the 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 notion is is that uh and paul talks about it as well where you know some believe some days are holier than others while others believe all days are alike Mm -hmm. um and both are trying to honor god in that way but it's almost as if when you have greater faith and he's making this comparison to those that are a little more mature in the faith that have greater faith uh, are those who have that understanding that we are the temple of the holy spirit and and uh and and yeah every day should be dedicated to God in that way uh, although i i believe that having that dedicated day for specific observance is necessary uh, in the life of a believer to maintain that but traditionally the church so this is Christ dies he resurrects the church begins essentially um Holy Spirit is imparted on the people. Now, people are filled with the Holy Spirit. So, His the church that now is forming and growing, traditionally would meet on Sunday, because when Christ died and resurrected, the resurrection day happened on the third day. So, Friday would have been Easter, you know, uh, or or a Good Friday, which we know as Good Friday, uh, and then on the third day, which would be the Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. On that day is when the Christian community said they would observe that day as the Lord's day. And that day now was set apart to be the day to worship. Um, But you have a lot of debates in that. You know, you have different congregations that say, well, that's unholy. It should be Saturday because it was always on Saturday. And it's like, well, what day is really Saturday? Is it based on the Jewish calendar? Is it based on, you know, and there's so much back and forth. and, And those are things that. Um, you know, I think kind of take away from what Jesus accomplished on the cross. The main thing is what Christ accomplished on the cross. How we unite around the notion or the the reality that we were dead in our sin. He was the substitutionary atonement for our sin. We have been made righteous by his by his blood, and now we are adopted into the family of god because of what he has done and um and and we're called his children and now we respond to that in our growth which is called sanctification we grow in our uh in our posture in our position that we now hold in god as his children now we grow in our likeness Uh, in in, of God and some of those things some of those nuances can rob us of that benefit of community and of of like-mindedness around that understanding Um, and and so some of the things that we're looking at and that we're talking about today are some of the things that can rob the church experience um they can take away from us celebrating the joys that it is to be a child of God, and start to impute um, uh, human ways of thinking or man-made man rules or regulations uh, uh, to interfere with what worship should be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think I think uh, hopefully this conversation does bring uh, some at least at least provoke thinking and conversation among the listeners, including the conversations that we're having today. Um, I know, G, you have an article that you wanted to kind of pick apart. I do. Cool. Um, and then we'll talk about when you do that, I want to talk about the Old Testament and what worship looked like in the Old Testament that is very reflective of what we need to be doing today. I do,
0: but to reference what you guys were saying, I have Ephesians 2, Get 20 through 22. Where it, it says, Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's just showing that the whole focus is the foundation of the church itself is Jesus Christ. Mm. It's God. And yet we can't be devoid of that at all.
1: Yeah. You know, we we get sidetracked. You know what I mean? Like e- e- the best the, the 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 you know, the the congregations that have the best reputation or the brands that have the best reputation out there. They uh, you know, sometimes we get it wrong. Uh, we are imperfect people being perfected by a perfect God. And that's why the focus needs to be him. That's why that's why uh, I love and I. And, and, uh, on this platform I don't promote the congregation that I go to like I don't want to use that that's not what I want to use this for but I love that the congregation that I attend the verbiage is constantly saying Jesus is the senior pastor of the church Mm -hmm. we are elders in the church and uh not me but the the elders of the church they that's how they'll speak you know we are elders of the church but god jesus is they is the senior pastor of the church so what he says goes and what he says is found in his word and if what we're doing is outside of his word then we need to check ourselves and we are we can look in the mirror of his word and make the adjustments that we need to make because his word says so in some circles that really force this religious agenda, the leader is imputing tradition and the leader is imputing their, their position over what the word of God is saying. And that's totally confused. That is not biblical Christianity. That is uh, leaders that are taking possibly taking advantage of their leadership position and it's a dangerous place to be, uh, uh, from the leader standpoint. Um, so it requires discernment from the congregation. It requires the congregation to study and get acquainted with the Word of God, and and, and that's what they you know they need to be together for. But uh, there are lo- you know there are places out there that will place tradition and 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 opinions of the leaders over uh, what Scripture says, and that's that's definitely not the church. But also not just the leaders,
0: the people themselves so whatever would move the people is what they would preach or teach
1: right as well right so like in book of timothy you know they have tickling ears or they have itching ears and so some of the message that might be preached is so that people would come back and you know Mm -hmm. that is a dangerous place to be um uh but it doesn't necessarily you know it, it means that there needs to be recalibration and i think when John was mentioning the book of Revelation where, where uh, the apostle John is writing to the churches, that's what he's doing. He's trying to yep. get them to recalibrate, you know, uh, uh, what? And, and it's not John writing to the churches. Jesus writing to the churches. Let's correct that. Mm-hmm, through John. Yeah, so Jesus writing to the churches uh, um, uh, through John and, uh, and those corrective actions being placed, yet they're still being called his church they're imperfect. They're doing things wrong. They need recalibration. And in some instances, God's, you know, Jesus is like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to put your candle out like this, you know, like this is, you're in really bad place. This is not, this is nothing to do with me. Yet there's room for, 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 for repentance. There's room for, for recalibration. Um, you know, and I think, uh, I think that's important to, to note is that, uh, there are imperfect churches out there or ch- or communities out there, and if you think that you're going to go to a perfect church as soon as you show up, and the, as the saying goes, right, you're going to ruin that congregation because you're imperfect and you're going amongst an imperfect people to worship a perfect God, and, um, and we're going to get things wrong, but that's when mm-hmm. we rely on the grace of God, so... Right. This article is from
0: BibleStudyTools.com. Do it. Uh, the <laughs> article is named Six Ways the Bible Tells Us What Church Should Look Like. It says, number one, a biblical church involves at least two people gathering together in the name of Jesus. And this gives reference to Matthew 18:20, where it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there at, there am I among them. Then we have number two, a biblical church celebrates the Lord's Supper together. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. And then number three, a biblical church is led by qualified elders, which it talks about in Titus 1 5 through 9. And then you have number four, a biblical church uh, worships in song together, which gives reference in Ephesians 5 18 through 21. Number five, a biblical church maintains corporate holiness through church discipline, Matthew 18 17. Number six, a biblical church is a place where Christians can use their spi- uh, spiritual gifts to bless one another. 1 Corinthians
2: 14:26. I mean, clear cut, there there are benefits to going to a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that God has made humans uh relational beings, mm-hmm. you know, um the worst thing you could do to somebody is uh solitary confinement you know Mm -hmm. um so god has created uh created us as beings that want to be part of a group um i remember watching um maybe like two weeks ago i was just on netflix uh watching a program and it was about a particular um group of people uh i'm not going to mention the group of people but it was all it was it was this group of people that um Actually, I'll mention it because it's, it's not really anything. It's basically some Freemason, Freemasonry mm. documentary. And it wasn't a negative because I know when I mentioned that, a lot of you know controversy and different things that mm. might pop up. But this was more a positive light of kind of why people would want to even join Freemasonry. So people are um, – they actually had people uh, in three different – it was in Europe. So it was in um, – in england but basically they were um having people kind of giving you insight to what they do and i found it very interesting because it wasn't really like a controversial type thing it was more kind of why so they followed maybe three four five mm. people uh in their journey into the beginning stages of what freemasonry would be and you can see i, I there was an example of one guy who who was like maybe 35 40 and his father was a a mason a mason for for years like 50 years or something like that and you could see the joy in the father like you're about to know you're about to do and like i started thinking i'm like this is here here if we i just gave a definition in the beginning of what a church was Mm. and here's a group of people that meet regularly they meet three four times a week they pay tithes they they pay a due to the to the society they're extremely happy they do outreaches it's not what you see on youtube you know um they do outreaches they're just like filled with like wanting to know and go deeper in knowledge so there's this chord. the reason i bring that up there's this, there's this something within a human it has an inward desire, even if it's not focused towards jesus it's focused towards like being part of a collective group in one of accord. you know something that speaks to it so i mean i I could see that
0: because uh early civilization that 's how they would start out like uh, you can read the story of Babel, and it was basically the people wanted to come together in gaining knowledge, and we talked about Babel uh. Briefly, well, not briefly, we had an episode about it um, a few weeks back ago, too, where uh, we talked about Babylon and um, how people came as a collective all together. And it's, it's a desire to be a part of something because mm-hmm. you can go to a church or how people stated, go to a church and just go based on traditions like you went as a kid to gain that sense of security. But yet you'll still feel alone if you're not part of the church.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and I think that longing from the human standpoint, I think that is an innate longing mm-hmm. because when you look at the Old Testament and you see Israel having been in slavery for 400 years, um, they're in Egypt and they're wanting freedom. But what do they want freedom to do? What, what is the reason they want freedom? To worship they want freedom to worship now if we go strictly based off of the verse in matthew that says we're two or are gathered right that is the church so so in some cases some people will will say and 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 i was guilty of it for some time i was in between congregations and i was in this almost self-righteous mode where i was saying that well you know i read the bible right Mm -hmm. I, i i i pray to god and I'm good, like I don't need to go and have corporate fellowship. well, the people in of Israel they could have done the same thing when they were in slavery. They could have just gotten together maybe two or more secretly to say thank you god for for everything um or as an individual, you can rehash things, but think about where they were four hundred years in slavery. that's generations
0: mm-hmm
1: where the word of God memorized could have been lost if it wasn't passed down faithfully by oral tradition. Very easily. Um, so even, even the, the actual acts of worship, you didn't have that for a long time because 400 years, possibly you didn't have any of that. So their longing, the longing of their heart was to worship God. That longing had to come from God himself. Because, again, all of that would have been lost if we look at, even if we look at social evolution, the, the social evolution of that community should have been completely different than it was 400 years prior. But it, it seemed to have carried over to a point where they just felt the need to worship God. And it wasn't just worship God in a way of two or more or individually. It was to worship God As a body of belief, a collective body of believers on a regular basis to give their sacrifices and to do so publicly. Doesn't mean on the on the street or or for other people to watch, but for them to be free enough to go somewhere together as a as a unified people that are in one accord to worship their God. That's what they wanted. That's what they longed for. God heard their heart and we see the chain of events happen with the exodus and so on and so forth. But for me, that tells me something. That tells me that innately, it is necessary for us to gather regularly to worship God because we need it. God doesn't need us to worship him. He's self-sufficient. His attributes. He's all-knowing. All-powerful. He's self-sufficient. He always was. He has always existed. So why would he need for sinners, those who have been his enemies, that he has to choose to forgive, regardless of what side of the, of the coin you're on, whether you're you know, free will, predestination, doesn't matter. God ultimately is the one who has to choose to forgive the sinner at the end, right? So he has to choose to forgive, the, forgive us in order to receive our worship, so he doesn't need it. But we long for it, we long relationship with God, not just on a one-on-one basis, which is absolutely necessary for every believer. But in addition to that, we see there's a need for corporate worship.
2: I agree completely i, I the way I relate it is there's there's a there was times in my life where I felt like I don't need to go to church i um I'm a christian you know um uh I, I maybe I'll have church you know here at home you know um the reality is is that everybody has different circumstances of why they don't want to go to church right um but it kind of resembles that there's this inward thing that there's benefits towards actually being part of a collective unit, you know? Um, I might not get the rebuke I might need, or I might think a certain way that is completely incorrect. There's so many positive things of just fellowshipping with, with other people that are in one of court in the same mindset, you know, of, of friendships that, that develop, you know, some, some of my really good friends developed from me just going to church. So, um... I see the appeal for church. You know, it's not it's not a I think a lot of times from the world's perspective, it's all these these people are meeting regularly cuz they have to, but it's 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 not a the Bible in the in the the tradition, mm-hmm. it would say um in the 10 commandments it was keep the sabbath day holy. It didn't mention anything about gathering as part of the 10 commandments, but it's something that we innately do, you know? so i feel like uh there's a lot of positive positive things even though we're flawed humans like you were saying but um they're positive things um to add uh
0: the way i see it is now um i know personally myself i work constantly um i haven't really gone to church but when i can i usually try to go
1: going to church see that not part of a church
0: yeah and the thing is with that regard is I see it as what Jesus said when he was at, when he was asked what are the greatest commandments love God God is your center and then he says love thy neighbor and that in itself God or Jesus didn't say specifically come follow me and then just stop he said come follow me and then make disciples so to me it's you go share that community that brotherhood come together and love use the gifts that god has given you grow there's going to be elders who have invested their time learning the word of god and teaching you that can correct you and there's also those accountability like i could be in the darkest of places and my fellow brothers can come at me and just speak to me help me and like god works in those people and yet we always try to be centered and just ourselves saying that oh we we don't need to go to church i'll just sit at home or it could be even someone listening maybe even right now they could be like all right these three are together this is the church so i'm gonna just sit with them listen to the podcast and i was like all right i don't need to go to church i've already listened to one episode and i'm good for the day but yet you need that community you need that sense of uh the
2: body I think what differentiates connect. you is that you actually have a desire to go to church, but your job actually prevents it. You know, there's a, whatever the motivation behind it, I think really matters as well. Like there's people that go to church just to um, find a person to marry or something right. like that. Yeah. Or, but the motivation should always come, like you said, um, the first commandment, you know, love God with all everything, you know, your entire being, you know, so... Um,
1: and I think that's where you steer it. I think that's the direction that uh, I think uh, is is what is where we wanted to take this conversation is um, there there might be moments where you're in a situation, and I know of various people who listen to the podcast that are not able to be part of a community group because the the uh, the uh, the congregation that they're part of there is there is no small group scheduled. Mm-hmm. For those time periods, and maybe they're not making the the best attempt either to try to find a community, right? Because it's 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 not that it's inconvenient, but just asking the question or seeking out just a little bit harder. Maybe that's the case, or maybe they've tried all the outlets. You know, let's say G tried or or whatever, but theologically is not falling in line, or whatever the case is. Um, there's unique circumstances where. Those individuals who are facing that shouldn't feel condemned that they are not part of a church congregation or part of a congregation when in some cases congregation members will in some sense condemn the individual for not coming on a Sunday rather than looking at the circumstance and saying as a body. Since you can't, we're going to make convenience for you. We're going to make an opportunity for you to to congregate and to worship as your brethren. So come to my house on Thursday. What day do you have off? You have off Thursday. Come to the house and let's do something. Let's worship together, knowing that 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 this person doesn't have that ability to do so. Right. Because right now in our culture, more and more Sundays are not off for everybody. Now weekends are kind of obsolete. Mm-hmm. What is what is a weekend? There's not, you know, in, in a lot of industries, having the Saturday and Sunday traditional off, you don't have that anymore. Or even just basic holidays. Yeah, holidays. It's tough to have off, and um, and so there there's the extension of grace needs to be there, and but nothing replaces having brethren that can do what we talked about. Mm-hmm uplift rebuke hold accountable love share i mean you see in the book of acts when there was a need i'm gonna just sell my stuff and i'm what's mine is yours like let's let's make sure there's no one's lacking anything because that is what the body is is to make sure that my brethren are not lacking anything because we're a community we're a true sense of community um and that's one of the more difficult things i think uh as as at least where we live for me in my perspective is that a lot of what the community is is very transient, so you look up online as the as the as the a uh, person who is seeking church, uh, a church community, you look up online and you make comparison notes and you're like, okay, this church does this, they do this, they do this. And you kind of have this outline and say, okay, these guys do these things. I'm cool with that. I don't like this. So let me attend this place. And you're actually driving an hour to get to this, this community that you'll worship with, but they live so far. It's difficult when you're having trials or, or issues for you guys to get together and stuff. So, uh, you know the local church. It's kind of like how local are we? Because we're driving an hour. It's not like you have a community down the street that you're meeting with regularly. It's somewhere where you're going on a Sunday tradition to worship as a family or as a group of people. But you don't really have a sense of community. You don't have uh, uh, there. You don't have that at all. It's absent. Um, mm-hmm. And and, and I, I feel like you know I I've felt that at some point because of that transient lifestyle and um, and community has been difficult to come
2: about you know I could tell you the power of that community um I remember when I was younger um my family was always a believer like they always were Christian right um, but we didn't go to church and then when we did go to church we would be an hour late and we would leave, yes. leave leave early you know um so I never really i I would pray so my relationship with God was me praying in my room or praying to God. But not really opening my Bible. Of course, I was only 10, 12, 14 14 years old, whatever. So um, I remember me visiting, you know, my cousin's church in Chicago and me talking to God um, on my last day there. I'm in the car driving to the airport at night and I'm just talking to God. I'm like, man, God, like... I see all these these uh young people that are my age and they love you and i'm like man how come i can't have something like that so i saw the appeal of it and and church in the in the purest form when you when you relate it to what what it's supposed to be is powerful it's beautiful it's it's something that you're drawn to that you just want to be there had to be a reason why paul or peter would do a preaching and that day, uh, the Bible says that God added people to him. So literally, God's just like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to release some more people to you. Like, there there has to be a reason why people are so drawn to it, you know. Um, and I feel like this society, we, we just come, we came through different phases here in America. In different places, they have different, church looks different, right? But here in America... We came from a, uh, previously we came from a generation of prosperity gospel. So it kind of marred it a little bit of what church was supposed to be or what it really means. But when you look at church in the purest form, when you open up the Bible and you read the book of Acts and you read, man, these people literally were praying for, for um, I believe it was Peter uh yes. in jail, right? Yeah. Right. And they're they're just praying hardcore, kinda like what we would see in a small group, right? And then Peter's knocking on the door and and the, the girl opens they're the like, door. They're like, yo, he's out. <laughs> they're like they <laughs> shut the door in his face. They're like scared but the power that was released because a group of people in the house were praying. So like what church is in its pure form, I feel like it's so beautiful, so powerful, so necessary for fulfillment not just in your own life, but to fulfill somebody else's life. You're you're giving of yourself and you're also receiving of yourself.
1: Yeah, you know? the church community, I think uh, as you mentioned, it it's undergone a lot of scrutiny because of whether it was error or intentional deception. So false teachers mm-hmm. just blatantly opposition to who God is and um and and also, uh, I think misconception as to what is necessary for a church community, and and we see it. We see we just mentioned before, you know, what the basic layers of a of, of a church community should be, and then it starts to become more complicated when you add layers. And um,
0: like, what book should you read? Or well, well, n- n- not
1: even just that. You know, um, y- you look at well, we need we need this logo. And we need, uh, you know, we need to have this kind of service uh, because the other churches are having it or we need mm-hmm. to have, um, you know, uh, these these certain lights or these effects, you know, and, and, and there, the, there's like a need. I, we need to serve coffee. We need to have this ministry. We need to have that ministry. And and so I think church goers, those who are not necessarily part of the community. Right. But those who go to church and those who are respond who are. The leaders of the church i think there's sometimes two misconceptions you have the those who are shopping for things that that like consumer, you're looking right? for yeah. yeah so you're like oh i like i like the lights and i love the worship it's so good it just makes me feel good and it sounds like you know david crowder and hillsong and elevation church and all this stuff this sounds so cool And, um, you know, and they have all kinds of ministries and they wear nice T-shirts and they greet you and all that. And all that's good. Right. All that's good. But sometimes that that consumer mindset says if those things are not present, then that's not a real congregation. They're not organized. They're, They're they're, They're You know, and there's a lot of judgment and bashing on that side. Flip side, the leaders of the church at times can add layers that are also unnecessary that can become burdensome on the congregation. So it's. You know, there's it's like, how do you find that place um, where you are most focused on the most essential, which is to worship God based on the gospel? That's the most essential. Mm -hmm. Anything else that is added is extra and can be of benefit. And we were doing it today. We were, it's funny because as we're setting up, we're setting up this, these lights and we'll post something on Instagram. We'll take a picture just to kind of, um, you know, get an idea. And it's not amazing. Right. But uh, but John mentioned it. He's like, you know, uh, he said you would last, you know, last week you were talking about, you know, you don't need certain things. Well, we have these lights and the reality is we don't need the lights. We can mm-hmm. we if we wanted to do the podcast, we can record it right on uh, one phone. Like with no start. lights, MP3, straight like that's it. That's all we we don't need anything else. Like there's certain needs that you have, but what you really need is a heart that is that is totally in love, totally sold out mm-hmm. for the reality that that what God has accomplished through Jesus, who we are in light of who God is, where we were. In our, in our state, in our fallen state, and where he's bringing us to and what he's already done. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it, it, those are the things you, that's what you fall in love with. And that's what you, the foundation, that's the corner, Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. When you start to add layers, that layers are okay, but once they become necessities and like yeah. uh, and, and, and like um, a Leonard Ravenhill in a, in a little sermon snippet that I don't have ready for me, that I don't have ready right now to play. Is where he says, you know, the the most powerful thing were penniless preachers where where they didn't have fancy lights or microphones and man, they turned the world upside down because they were so sold out for the notion and they understood and they were so rocked by what Jesus had done. And, and, And I think in today's day we get so consumed with the world around us that we try to impute that into what a church community should be and that's really not the case that that's really what it shouldn't be that's not those aren't those aren't necessities to worship god we just looked at the example of israel just wanted to worship god they just that's they say they just want to worship god um and and in addition to that the opposition of of just so many You know, we have social media and we have we have, uh, you know, notifications on your phone that are coming up about news and there's so much comparison with what other non-Christian communities are doing that you start to compare
2: even other people's lives like on YouTube like yeah. you see somebody's house but you don't know the type of debt they have Yeah like, but
1: you're you know? like yo I want that I need that yeah. right mm-hmm. And and we talk about that in one of the previous episodes I don't know what episode it was but we talk about that in one of the previous episodes how we just get this bombardment with social media and advertisements and comparison of YouTube lives and all this stuff that we lose sight of what exactly is the church we we get we get so caught up in the non-essentials that we forget about the essential, the thing that is bringing us to salvation. Or it can also be that in the sense that how
0: society is slowly turning into is we have a distaste of church. So now it's becoming a taboo in some sorts where things happened to you before. So now you think about the church like all the churches are the same. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be part of it. So you stay away from that.
1: And that's tough because people have had real experiences where they have real burden. They put their trust in a leader. They put their trust in community. And the community did you wrong. The community, the leader, uh, abused you. I mean, we have people listening who probably have gone through that. And there is no excuse for it. There's no exception for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, I would challenge those people to um to continue to put their trust and hope in christ alone Mm -hmm. and continue to seek after community because jesus even in the midst of that monstrosity that should have never happened jesus is still transforming those people just as he's transforming the people who are sitting here talking, just as Jesus is transforming you who are listening, those people who were the victimizers, God is having to rock their hearts and transform them. If they are of the if they are of the faith, if they have been come to saving grace, God is transforming them to where, yeah, the sin that they committed, they will be burdened by that for the rest of their life. And that's the very difficult part is like, you know, does Jesus forgive murderers? Does he forgive this? Does he forgive that? And it's a it's, it's very difficult, very sensitive topic to talk about because the, the world will give us this notion that, well, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll forgive them and they just walk scot-free and there's no consequence. No, that's not the case because for me, even the things that I have done in my life, Those things still come up in my heart, and my mind, and I'm still burdened and rocked by it. And like, God, I don't deserve, I I just want to stay in a closet and be locked away because if Christ has really rocked your heart, if he's really grasped you, he's showing you and he's bringing you to freedom. But those scars that you have on your, they still show up and they're still present and you can still see them and you're reminded of it. And it hurts because you're human. This is just disappearing. You're like walking like, yeah, you know, I killed people. I abused people. I did this. And you're walking scot-free. That's what the world will tell you. But the Holy Spirit is doing other things in your life where there's deep conviction and, and almost reminders. Hey, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where I saved you from. And you're just like, man, just rocked by it over and over and over and over again. In appreciation for the grace that is bestowed on you, because you know you don't deserve it. You know that you are an enemy of God, but God's grace is there, too. That's crazy. When you know that if I did something wrong to John and he decided to forgive me every time I see him. Potentially. I'm going to just be like walking on eggshells because I know I don't deserve his
2: forgiveness. And when we're talking and we're joking around, it's never going to be the same. Some people react different, though. It's Some t- people, like if if you're the person that, that is uh, doing something against me and I'm forgiving you, uh, sometimes the person that is doing the thing is not aware of it. You know what I mean, and it kind of goes to a little bit of what you were saying before. Could too. be, it could be. That's absolutely true. Uh, that's true. But there's a lot of people in this world that um, though they do things that never receive justice, right? right? That they're supposed to receive justice, but they, they let's say they victimized somebody or they did something horrible. Is that you know the world would say that that's horrible, um, but they never got caught, and in them they, they have peace, right? But the Jesus is coming back. But when he right. when he's coming back, he's coming back for all the just. So God is the ultimate judge of of certain things. So it's so sensitive when we talk about certain things it's because true. ultimately we're all. It's like a me as a failure talking about another person that's a failure and how I'm less of a failure. It Paul writes. He says I'm like a filthy rag. I'm like the least of all all y'all, and he had the highest resume of if you had to put him on a, a list of, of Christians, he's probably the top guy and here he's saying I'm I'm the I'm worst the Christian worst. of all. So the reality is like in the light of who God is, always should be that. But the church provides a lens for us to see ourselves, you know, it's filled with people that are imperfect, mm-hmm. but are on that same path. We're all on that same path to try to try to become better people. Some people have scars from from life situations that that um, they find relief in the church, but then some people maybe had a great life and and they're there as well because they're both on the same path. God ultimately loves both. His love is so infinite. His love equal equals to both people but,
1: both, but all For fall all. short of God's glory. Right. All fall Everyone falls short, fall short glory, of God's glory. glory God. Right. So. Right. And 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 absolutely well put that Jesus is coming coming back to judge to judge all things. That even the good works that you did. Just all that's gonna be judged. You know, so so having confidence in the one who who deserves all of our confidence, which is which is God Himself. I think you were gonna say something, G or no? No. Okay. Um, you know, and so uh so I think uh whoever's out there listening, you know, that, that our challenge to you is and I would even say um, you know, challenge to to those who are who are um who are church leaders or who are part of a church, um you know, just know that being part of a church congregation there's gonna come backlash. Mm-hmm. There's gonna come. Maybe it's not direct persecution, but it might be direct persecution. Um, you might be shunned by your family. Jesus says it very clearly that um, that that uh, children will go against parents, and and there will be strife in people's own household over over the fact that. Uh, that you are now part of the family of God. And, and the reason for that is because there's real opposition against, against um, God and his church. And so you might face direct persecution. You might face social martyrdom. You might not face either one. But what you will definitely face, and I, and I can almost guarantee that you're going to face, is that you're going to get opposition from the spirit realm you're going to get opposition from a theological standpoint so false teaching trying to come in and 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 and, and, and combat the truth of of the word you're going to have sin that rises up again in you that wants to dwell in in what the world has to offer and separate yourself from accountability and separate yourself from from uh, from the truth of uh, of God and um and there's going to be so much of that that's going to happen where you might grow a distaste for the church when in reality that's part of the opposition is for everything is set up in a way you know the world and everything in it is is really set up to be opposition against Jesus himself and Jesus said if I was not spared then course you're not going to be spared um and that's not easy to to hear that's not easy in in this world that popularity is everything where we want to be popular we want to be liked we want people to follow us on social media we want to be embraced we want to be accepted in our flaws and in our sin we want our sin to be justified by the world and and that's tough that is very, very difficult. Um, so, you know, I, I think in to close us out, I think find a church community and, you know, listen to this episode again. Listen to, 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 the, to the things that G talked about uh, from the article um, and, and get plugged into a community where you can openly worship God for who he is. Uh, you know, read your word, read read, uh, read the book of John to find out who Jesus is and is the church that you are attending or the congregation that you're attending, do they reflect the theology that is found in the book of John? And uh, read the book of Romans to ensure that, that the theology lines up as well, you know, um, because it's crucial, I think, in the life of a believer to Not only be part of a church congregation, but to love the church because Jesus loves the church. If you are a believer, you are part of the church of God. And so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as the expression goes, uh, um, you know, but but uh, but get connected. And if any of you and I know, you know, my brothers here uh, have have, uh, you know, wrestled with uh, congregations, I have as well and i think that has become a trend uh in recent years that that people would migrate away from congregating to do their own thing and that's resulting in a lot of confusion a lot of divisions and that's not what what we're called to 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 be we're we're called to have fellowship and be part of worshiping god in community so um any last things you want to say john
2: um no
0: And G? Just to go back in that case, um, just like I am in my position, uh, those of you out there who might be in the same situation, don't feel discouraged and always keep it in prayer for God to open up up an avenue, but also take into consideration that if you can't find something, I believe do something. Like, Mm. get together with someone Or like like what I do personally is my mother usually has a worship service every every day, usually from like eleven to like one o'clock. And that's like my my little avenue that I have, which I'll I'll be there even with my niece. My niece will be singing with my mother and I'll just be there giving worship and like we'll be reading the word and things like that. And also just come together with your brothers from time to time or your sisters. And that's something that's necessary. So there's always a way to come together as believers and that's something that we should all strive for
1: amen amen so uh so you can check us out uh, uh you know again proof beyond reason send us an email proof at gmail.com check us out on facebook instagram soundcloud soundcloud youtube itunes spread the word uh let us know what your thoughts are if you want to hear any other topic if you have questions you want to see elaborate on this a little bit more send us a message we'd love to talk to you guys about it and uh, but our next episode, we will talk about music. So music's impact on the world is music worship. What does that all look like? Ah, I'm so excited because I know G's gonna bring fire <laughs> to the topic. So we love you guys. Signing out. This is Mike the Baptist, Jmo.